Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll begin in uh, verse 11, but before we do, um, when I was, I believe I was probably 19, 18 or 19 years old, it was the summer of 2007, or I'm sorry, it was the summer of 1997, okay, Um, were you guys born yet then? Okay, (laughs) the summer of 1997. I went as a summer missionary to Virginia, and during that summer, I went to uh, different churches, and I helped with vacation Bible school, and one church in particular that I went to, I will not name the name of the church, uh, but one church in particular that I went to, there was they were very proud of their age. In fact, I believe uh, they were founded in 1773. Uh, there on, on the East Coast, you find churches that are that old. And uh, the pastor told me about the fact that they have, um, they had a, a hole that was patched in the door from a cannonball hole from the Revolutionary War. Not the Civil War, the Revolutionary War. Um, but while I was serving at that particular church for Vacation Bible School, I was doing recreation and doing recreation, uh, I would take the kids outside and we would play games. And I, I, I still lead kids in the same kind of games I did then. Uh, we played crows and cranes. Uh, maybe you've seen me with some of the kids here playing that game. But um, a neighborhood kid came up and saw us playing and he wanted to join. And so I, of course, welcomed him in and we played. And everything was fine, and he went on home after after the uh, um, after the recreation time was over. And uh, the pastor took me to lunch after uh, not any place fancy. We just went to his house. We went to his home, and uh, he told me um, that what I did could get him fired. The thing is, the little boy that came to join us to play was black. And uh, the pastor said, you know, if, if it comes to it, if people say anything, um, I'll lose my job over it. I will stand for the truth. But uh, he, he did not want to have to cross that bridge at that time. Um, that is often the way that race relations are treated in church. Uh, we, we kind of often leaders are afraid to deal with the topic and we're afraid to deal with the topic. And so we kind of avoid it. And I've heard before and maybe I've even had this attitude before. We don't need to talk about race. Let's just preach the gospel. I believe that the text we're looking at tonight devastates that argument. You cannot just not talk about race, just preach the gospel. Um, Paul here is showing in Ephesians chapter 2 how what Jesus accomplished on the cross was to break down the wall of hostility between Jew and Gentile and create one new humanity in Jesus Christ. 
One of the things Jesus accomplished on the cross was to demolish racial hostility. And so we cannot just say, well, we don't need to talk about racism. Let's just preach the gospel. Because part of the gospel is what Jesus accomplished on the cross in creating one new man. Where we will one day be singing in heaven with our brothers and sisters from every tribe, tongue, and nation. So let's look at our text here in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to those who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we have we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you have done in Jesus. Lord, you have forgiven us of our sins. Lord, you have called us to be holy. Lord, you have paid our debt And Lord, you have reconciled us to us. And Lord, you have reconciled us to one another. Lord, give us ears to hear tonight and hearts to obey. Father, help us, Lord, to see the glories of what you have done in Jesus and among the nations. Lord, give me grace as I preach your word and forgive me where I have failed you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's begin. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made 
in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ. It begins with therefore. Therefore. What is it therefore? You know, that, that, that's a, a, a common thing that preachers say. If you see a therefore, go back and see what it's there for. Well, uh, we look back, and that is actually a correct thing to do. You look back at the passage before, and Paul was talking about how we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were dead. We once walked according to the, 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 uh, the way that the sons of disobedience do. We were dead, and Christ made us come alive in Him. That speaks of our relationship between us and God. But it does more than just our relationship between us and God. But it all, what Jesus did on the cross also affects our relationship between one another. Between one another. He says, at one time, we Gentiles, he's talking to a Gentile church, Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. Now, <coughs> this would have been a put down. Uh, the, the Jews prided themselves because they had the promises of God. They had the Scriptures. They had circumcision. They had all of these laws that they followed that set them apart as a separate people in order that they could be God's people. And they, they would call the uncircumcision the, the, the foreskin. Is that what, what, that's what they would call them, literally. That's what they would call them. It was a put-down... Um, Gentile believers, um, they had a hard time coming into the early church, didn't they? We think back to Acts. In Acts chapter 15, one of the very, very early controversies in the church. Do these Gentile people who are becoming believers in Jesus, do they have to be circumcised to become Christians? Do they have to become, do they have to convert to Judaism and follow all the Jewish regulations? And the answer that came out of that was no, because this is what Christ was doing. This is what Jesus was doing. He was creating one new man from the two, and he was demolishing the old rules and regulations that separated the people from one another. I want to step back, and I want to think of the, the course of all of biblical history. We think back to Adam and Eve in the garden. All of us come from Adam and Eve. All of us, according to the Bible, and I believe it's true, all of us descend from Adam and Eve. We're all a part of one big human family. And you see there in the early chapters of Genesis, uh, the world be beginning to expand and grow uh, with many, many different people and different generations. You have the flood and it again brings it all back down, bottlenecks it down to one family, Noah's family. And you again begin to see the world multiplying and growing beyond just that one family. And you see the, the table of nations that Genesis gives us. Where, where all of the, of the peoples came from Noah's children, Shem, Jepheth, and Ham. You see, uh, the, the Mitzrayim is one of the names you see there, which is Egypt. And you see Cush, which would be Ethiopia. And you see all these different nations that you see in, in Genesis chapter 10 that are coming, and they're all deriving from that one family, 
And a lot of this division, you see, uh, took place at the Tower of Babel. When we know the story, um, uh, the people wanted to make a name for themselves. They decided they were going to to try to reach the heavens with this tower. And God confused them. He confused the language. And they separated according to their languages. And God divided the people up. I think that was all a part of the curse. And what we see in Acts, chapter 2 in particular, is a reversal of the curse. There's a reversal of the curse. You see, when at Pentecost, what happens? At Pentecost, the Spirit comes, and you have all these people who are there in Jerusalem, and they're hearing the gospel being preached in all their own, in their own language from wherever they were coming from, from all kinds of different places. And it named all these different places that were a, a, a part of this table of nations you see back in Genesis. So what we see in the Old Testament leading up to this, the time of Jesus was a narrowing. You you have Adam and Eve, all human beings represented in Adam and Eve were were all universal and, and it being narrowed into a table of nations and narrowed down to Israel itself. Israel, the children of Abraham, who were to the, the males were to be circumcised. And this brought about great privilege. It did. Paul even talks about the great privilege that there was of being a Jew. They had the promises. They had the Scriptures, God's revelation to them. But now, in what Jesus has done, Paul says, remember, you Gentiles, Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision, ones who were put down maybe by by the Jewish people which is um, called the uncircumcision by the circumcision which is made with hands Um, Caleb read from Deuteronomy where the circumcision that is talked about in Deuteronomy in the very first five books of the Bible Moses wrote that the circumcision should be of the heart And Paul here puts down that circumcision that the Jewish people are talking about in pride and and says, no, it's not the circumcision that's made by hands that counts. It's the circumcision of the heart. Remember us Gentiles. Remember you Gentiles were at that time separated from Christ. Cut off. Didn't have any access to Christ. All of the peoples of the world, except for the Jewish people, were cut off from Christ. Didn't have any access to hear about Him, about the promises that were made in the Old Testament. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, it says. Alienated. We we were estranged. We, We could not be a part of God's people the Gentiles, before the coming of Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. We were strangers. We didn't know about what God was doing with the Jewish people as He was, had promised the Messiah, the covenant of promise, the promise that was coming of a Messiah that would come and bless all nations that would one day stomp on the serpent's head. 
We were strangers to all of that. We had no hope and we were without God in the world. Apart from the coming of Jesus, every ethnicity, every, every race was without any hope. There was no hope apart from Christ. There was no hope. We, they were without God in the world. We may have made our gods by our hands, and the people back then made their gods and bowed down to them, but they were without the true God. That was something that was only that Israel had. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now, something new happened. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. What Jesus did in the cross, what He did when He shed His blood for us, was He took those of us who were alienated from God and He brought us near to Him. He brought us near not only to Him, but He also brought us near to the people of God, the Jewish people. He's talking here about uh, horizontal, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, horizontal relationships between other people. He says, For he himself, for he himself is our peace. That is Jesus. Jesus came to be our peace, and not just. Peace, it would be like an absence of war, absence of any hostility. And, and he says, he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. He took the two, both Jew and Gentile, and he's broken down that wall, demolished it, kicked it down, and made out of the two one new people. He says, He abolished the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that He might create in Himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. The thing that divided Jews and Gentiles was the Jewish regulations, the things that were intended for the Jewish people of the Old Testament to keep them separate, the food laws, things like that, the Sabbath law, things like that. They made the Jewish people distinct and separate from all the Gentiles. The Gentiles didn't worry about not working on the Sabbath. The Gentiles, they ate whatever they wanted to, and it separated, it kept a wall there between the Jews and the Gentiles. Yet what Jesus did was He demolished that wall. He did away with all the regulations of the Old Testament. He did not do away with the ethical, um, the ethical commands. And many of those things are, brought, are re repeated here in the New Testament. Just as the Old Testament said, you shall not murder, you shall not lie, you shall not commit adultery. So in the New Testament, Jesus said the same things and ramped them up. But when it comes to those regulatory things, those things that were ceremonial, you might say, that, that separated the Jews from the other people, Jesus did away with all of that. 
to create in himself one new man in place of the two. If you are a believer, if you have trusted in Jesus, you are in Christ and you are in Christ as one new humanity with all of the other believers on the face of the earth. Verse 16, and he might and, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. So there he reconciles us both, both Jew and Gentile, together in one body. We're reconciled to God. When Jesus reconciled us to God through his work on the cross, he did so as he for a body, a unified body made up of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, made up of people that all for whom He died. A multi-ethnic body. (coughs) Thereby killing the hostility. When Jesus did this, the effect of that was it killed the hostility that there was between Jew and Gentile. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. When Jesus came, he came just like the Old Testament prophets um, foretold. He came proclaiming peace, proclaiming he is the Prince of Peace. He came proclaiming peace to those who were far off. That would be the Gentiles. And he came proclaiming peace to those who were near. Not that the Jews were any nearer to God because of their regulations and things. But he he came and proclaimed the gospel whereby they could be uh, reconciled through the blood of Jesus. For through Him, we both have access in one Spirit to the Father. Through Jesus, through Him, both Jew and Gentile have access to the Father through one Spirit. We see this somewhat in the Day of Pentecost and and later when the first Jews when the first Gentiles were were saved, Peter says that as evidence for why they shouldn't have to follow all these Jewish reg- regulations and things because they received the same Spirit that we did. And when you read the book of Acts, when it came to to where the gospel was crossing those borders for to the to the Samaritans and to the Gentiles. You see the same kind of experience they had on the day of Pentecost. You'll see those are the times whenever there were, was speaking in tongues again. You see it when the, when the gospel goes to the Samaritans, and you see it also whenever the gospel goes to the Gentiles for the first time. And Peter points to that and says, look, they had the same experience that we did on the day of Pentecost. They had the same spirit. Peter, or Paul here tells us, We both have access to the Father, both Jew and Gentile, in the same Spirit. We've been filled with that same Spirit. Now, I've been talking here a lot about Jew and Gentile. How does that apply today? We don't really think too much about Jew and Gentile. More often, we think about the other races, so to speak. We think about black and white. 
We think about Hispanic, maybe. And we think about all these things. The, I think what's applicable here is if, if the Jewish people and Gentiles could be reconciled in Jesus, then how much less work does it take to reconcile people who were all, had, had, everything was in common? I mean, if he could reconcile Jews and Gentiles, of course he can reconcile people who are black and white and, and every other color on the spectrum. His very work was to create one new man. If we deny that, if, if we hold in our hearts hostility toward people of other races, we are denying one of the works Jesus did on the cross. He broke down the hostility that was, that was there before. He makes us one new man. He puts us in one body together. Verse 19. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. When Jesus saves us, as the old song goes, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Right? When Jesus saves us, He brings us together from a multiplicity of ethnic backgrounds and He puts us together in one new body. We are fellow citizens with the saints. And, and think of this in terms of, of the Jewish-Gentile thing. The Jewish people, they, they, were, they had the commonwealth of Israel. Right, They were part of. And Gentiles were alienated from that. But now, because we are in Christ, we are included as fellow citizens with the saints. Fellow citizens. No longer alienated. No longer estranged. He has done this. He has made us one new people. And He's building us up into a house. The imagery has changed here. He calls us members of the household of God, and then he talk, starts be, beginning to talk about a house built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. When you build a house, you've got to have a good foundation, right? You've got to have a good foundation. Paul here tells us about the household of God. It is built upon the, uh, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. I think uh, some look at that apostles and prophets and, and would say that's the apostles and the New Testament prophets. Those prophet and we read about prophets in the New Testament. We, we read about prophecy that was continuing during the New Testament era. Um, I, I think um, when we, I, I think it would be legitimate to see this also as the apostles and prophets uh, being the apostles from which we get the New Testament and the prophets from which we get the Old Testament. We're built upon the foundation of the teaching of all of Scripture. And it says, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Now, this has been a subject of debate as well. What does it mean that he's the cornerstone? Does it mean that he's 
placed first down at the bottom of the, the um, structure as, a, as kind of a guide, uh, as a part of the foundation. Or another uh, way that this has often been interpreted is as the building is being erected, there's, there's this one piece that has to be placed into the top as kind of a keystone that holds everything together. Um, and some have debated, argued for one, and some have argued for another. And uh, I think it may be right that there's aspects of both involved. Jesus is the, the climax in which everything is pointing towards, and also He is the foundation upon which we are built. In whom... The whole structure in Christ, in Jesus, in whom the whole structure, we as the church, are being joined together. Jesus Himself is putting us together as a church, building us together, placing us where He wants us to be. And we are growing together into a holy temple. A holy temple. The scripture talks to us about how our bodies are the temple of God. The Old Testament temple was done away with. And now in the New Testament era, we are. Our bodies are the temple of, of, of the Holy Spirit. He tells us what, that's one of the reasons why we should abstain from sexual immorality. Is because our bodies are the temple of God. He resides within us. But at the same time, there's a sense in which Paul speaks of corporately together, we as members of one body are the temple of God. Um, it's common to say, and it's absolutely true, this building is not the church, right? We know that probably pretty well because we're a, a new church plant and I think we've gotten off on the right foot. <laughs> but the building here is not the church. It's believers here who have covenanted together who are the church. And Jesus has placed us where He wants us and grows us together, building us into a holy temple. Verse 22, in him also you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit. Believers, God is working in us and through us. He is forming us and shaping us into a building, into a house. And he has taken people from every tribe and tongue and nation. And together we are one family. We have been reconciled in Jesus through the blood of his cross. We are being formed and shaped together. And there is no one who we can say, well, we don't really need that believer. Every part is important. No matter what race, no matter what socioeconomic status, no matter what gender, each one God has placed in the body, in the house, for His glory.
we need to understand what Jesus is doing and what He has done in the cross. If we're to be able to get racial reconciliation right, we have to understand that in the cross, that was one of the things He was doing. He was tearing down the wall of hostility. And one day, we will be in heaven together and we will all worship from every tribe, tongue, nation, and we will say, holy, holy, holy is the one who is worthy of every praise and glory. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.